You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, speaking of our buddy Brett, who we would love to get on the podcast. Our buddy. <laughs> our pal. He hasn't, he, hasn't, um, he hasn't shown me that he views me as a buddy as well, at least yet. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can get him on the podcast in the off season, even though it's really never the off season for him. Um, anyway, the NFL combine starts next week in Indianapolis already. Can't wait. Um, Brett Veach obviously knocked it out of the park with this last year's draft. What will the areas of emphasis be for Casey in this year's draft? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's sort of the same stuff that we talked about with overall, like the biggest priorities in the, in free agency. And a lot of this will come down to, okay, do you re-sign Juju? Do you re-sign Chris Jones? Do you re-sign Orlando Brown Jr.? But I think the the two biggest emphasis are the exact same things you were emphasizing a year ago. Wide receiver and pass rusher. Like Those are the two biggest positions of need. The only thing I think that changed from last year is that it feels like you got cornerback short up pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. That is crazy to say that you did it with a first round pick, a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick. You know, Legereus needs it entering the last year of his deal. If you can get a deal done with him, I'm not sure you're targeting corner with those high value picks, but you can never have enough pass rushers and you can never have enough receivers. Knowing that even if you do resign Juju, okay. Is McColl gone? Is Tony ever going to be healthy enough where you can count on him to be that guy? What is Sky Moore going to look like in year two? We don't have answers mm-hmm. to any of those questions. Go out and draft another wide receiver. You look at the last three or four years, you can wait till round two and three and get guys who can contribute right away. You can build at that position with those picks. But if we're just looking at round number one, Kayla, it's pass rusher again. You took a pass rusher at the end of the first round last year. I think if you stick at 31, you're going to try and find one of those guys that falls. And it's once again, I think, a really deep draft class at that position. So I think it's a lot of what you did last year. The only thing that could change is if we, we just talked about Orlando Brown Jr. If you don't, re-sign him to a contract extension. Maybe you do package him and that first round pick to try and move up and get one of the elite players at that position. Like if a left tackle who you think is going to go in the top 10, all of a sudden starts falling and he's there at 11 or 12. Maybe that is where you try and make a big splashy move and go up and say, okay, well, if we're not going to sign this guy, then we're going to draft one who we think can be our left tackle of the future. Like, does that not have Brett Veach written all over it? Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna pay this guy. We're gonna go find a cheaper guy who we think we can build around. It does always has tricks up his sleeve. He does the draft. I always say this as well as Sam Presti does the NBA draft. Well, and that's what's so awesome about the way that you you maneuvered the draft last year. You got so you you built for depth last year. Mm-hmm. You traded Tyreek, and then you had all these draft picks. You drafted nine guys. Eight of them ended up playing meaningful snaps for you. And just look at the last two games of the season, AFC Championship game and Super Bowl. Every single one of those guys made a play. Every single one of them. Crazy. Right? Brian Cook tipping the pass that Jalen Watson intercepts. Sky Moore scoring his first touchdown in the 
Super Bowl. Pacheco was huge down the stretch. Huge. McDuffie, Joshua Williams making plays. George Karloftis was a starter from day one. Leo, Leo Chanel making plays in the Super Bowl. You, you nailed that draft so well that I don't think you have to go into this draft with the same mindset. You don't need nine contributors from this draft. Right now, the Chiefs have nine draft picks. Now, they'll get a couple extra from guys that left in free agency last year. You get those compensation picks. So I think they're going to end up with 11 draft picks. If you get 11 draft picks, you're not drafting 11 players. I don't even know if you're drafting nine this year. Like you can take oh. some more, you can take some more swings that you didn't take last year because you got guys that are going to be rotational pieces. The question remains, how many of those guys that we saw last year are going to be stars? Like if I if I if I gave you the entire draft class, the guys who are going to be in year 2 next year. Who is the guy you're most certain is going to be a stud? Right, not just a not just a guy who, who plays some nice snaps, but a guy who like takes big meaningful steps in year two and year three and becomes one of this team's best players. I'm going Pacheco, Karloftis, Duffy. Yeah, I think you know, if you would have asked me this halfway through the season, I would have said George Karloftis would be McDuffie. my number one pick. But Pacheco, like the way he closed the season, it kind of felt like. Like, this is kind of weird. I almost felt like the season would have lasted another month because I feel like he just kept getting better. He and was really finding a stride. And they kept trusting him more. Mm -hmm. They started trusting him more in the passing game. And I'm really excited to see what Pacheco does in year two because I know we sort of talk about running backs don't matter and it's all about the scheme and the offense and the passing game. But Isaiah Pacheco is living proof. Like we saw what this offense looked like with Clyde as the lead back. We saw what it looked like with Pacheco as the lead. I'm I'm super pumped for him in year two. But that's the beautiful thing. You can you don't need to draft a running back unless you do it in round six or seven again. Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to use a first round pick on a cornerback. You can really narrow your focus. And if you want to take those big home run swings, I think you can afford to do that. Like you can afford to miss. Yeah. The draft is always going to be important, but no one's going to bat a thousand. You can afford to take some big swings this year because of how well you nailed it last season. Fully, fully agree. Will you be at the draft? I think so. I mean, it's going to be mayhem. I I want to be down there at Union Station. I don't know exactly what the setup is going to be, but I I fully anticipate being down there in some capacity. Are you coming back for it? I want to try to. I'm going to see what I can figure out but no i would love to i think you absolutely should it's gonna be a hell of a time be the biggest event in kansas city history at least until the world cup really yeah i mean the, with all the parade wasn't that <laughs> it felt like it. there were about a million people but think about how many people are going to fly to kansas city just for oh this. yeah it's a big deal it's a really big deal i must be a part of it you gotta you gotta come back for the parade or for the for the draft um Okay, we are going to close out. But before we do, what is the offseason storyline, Nick, you're most interested in watching play out for the Chiefs? I feel like we've talked about a lot of them, but one that we haven't really discussed that, I'm, that I think is going to kind of dictate a lot of other things is what, what veterans are you going to choose to retain and which ones are you going to let walk? Mm -hmm. When you win the Super Bowl, you have such like these, these good vibes 
around all these different players that you want to bring everyone back. Like you want to bring Jarek McKinnon back and you want to bring Frank Clark back and you want to bring Andrew Wiley and Juan Thornhill because you want a championship. And it feels like nobody can do any wrong at this point in time. Like, I just, I don't know they won a Super Bowl, So we got to bring them back for an, another year, but that's not realistic. You're not re-signing all of these guys or like in yep. the case of Frank Clark, you can cut bait and save a lot of money. Yes, you can sign some of these dudes to to team friendly deals, but there may be somebody else who watched what they did with the Chiefs and say, "No, we'll pay you more," because we're more desperate and we need more help than that team does. So that to me is going to be interesting. What veterans do Veach and Reed value? Which veterans do they feel like it's worth bringing back on another deal? And which ones are they going to make those tough decisions to say, "Thanks for all your help, but." We got to let you go. Like Frank Clark. Oh, a year, no. like, we didn't even think Frank Clark was going to be on the team last year. Comes back, has a ho-hum regular season, and then he did his thing in the postseason again. But and that's he, worth it. <laughs> he, it. It is. But how much are you willing to pay a guy that is no longer giving you full workloads in the regular season, right? He's a rotational piece. So there's there's a role for you are you willing to come back on a team-friendly deal? Or do you say, you know what? This is the last big contract I'm ever going to get in the NFL, so I am going to squeeze every single penny out of it as I possibly can. You know, Jarek McKinnon, they brought him in in late July. We didn't know he was going to be back in Kansas City. They bring him in. He was awesome once again. Nine receiving touchdowns this year. He's on the wrong side of 30. How much do you pay a guy who's given you two really good seasons but plays a position that's really fragile? Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley's going to make the – he's now as valuable as he's ever been in his career. Mm -hmm. He might be able to get $7, 8000000 million on the open market. Are the Chiefs willing to pay him? If they pay Orlando Brown Jr., they probably can't afford to pay him. Juan Thornhill had a career year. He just drafted the safety last year. So there's all these interesting ones. We already talked about McCall Hardman. All of these veterans – they weren't just roster fillers. I mean, they had important roles on this team. And this front office has a lot of difficult decisions to make with all of them. I hate salary caps. <laughs> okay. If you had to pick one, <laughs> you had to pick one of those veterans and I could guarantee you they're back for another season, but I can't, I can't tell you anybody else. Like uh, everybody else is up in the air. Who are you picking? Of out of who? The, so I'll give you, I'll give you the five. Okay. And I'll throw McCall in there. So I'll give you, okay. and they're, they're all in different contract situations, right? So Frank Clark, mm -hmm. Jarek McKinnon, McCall Hardman, Andrew Wiley. Did I already say Frank Clark? Yeah. Um, Juan Thornhill. That's five. Ooh. I think I'm going McKinnon. Really? I don't know. Or Frank? <laughs> I think it's Andrew Wiley. Or you said a Wiley wasn't there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mm, think I like he's pretty important. We need him. You no, know, it's so weird because he was like we need no. all of them. I, I can't I, make this decision. I would be a terrible GM. You'd say, come on, please, please. Can we look <laughs> room on the salary cap? Can we just go over by a little bit? Like a couple million dollars. <laughs> no, it's tough. But I mean, this is why these are the decisions that can make or break your season. You know, the like, imagine if they would have let Jerick McKinnon walk. Imagine if they wouldn't have restructured Frank Clark's deal. Those are, those easily could have went the other way, but they didn't. 
those guys played massive roles for your team. Like those, those little decisions, like I know sometimes it's sort of corny and cliche with the NFL saying like, oh, all 53 matter, right? All three phases. But like the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl this year are living proof of that. And all of those guys yep. came back on small deals and making big plays. Like the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl without Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley was a guy who, like people were pointing their finger at halfway through the season because the, pa the pass protection wasn't good enough. So they said, well, this guy's the worst of the offensive linemen. The dude was a rock star in the Super Bowl. You don't win the Super Bowl without him. How do you separate that from, okay, now we got to look forward and figure out where we can sort of save some money and make those cuts? It's, a, it's, a, it's an impossible job. This sucks, yeah. I don't like change, especially the point you made. Like, we just won a Super Bowl with this team. I want to do like as little breaking up as possible. But this happened after the last time we won the Super Bowl. I was like, no, why are we getting rid of him? Like, we need these people. We just won a Super Bowl with them. And then we went to a Super Bowl the next year. And then we went to a Super Bowl two years after that. Like, it's going to be fine. I know that. But I don't like the change when you've got something good going. It's just hard. You keep the core. Yeah. I mean, you keep the core pieces intact and. You have to make those difficult decisions elsewhere. But that's why I think it's really fascinating. I'm going to be really interested to see how it plays out over the next couple months. Last but not least, a storyline I'm interested in, Travis Kelsey hosting SNL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. March 4th, right? Mark your calendars. Mark your calendars. That won't be boring. Do you think he'll be good? Honestly, do you think he'll be good in that role? I think he will knock it out of the park. It's he like, says he's nervous. I don't think, does he ever get nervous? Like, he was on Fallon and crushed it. Well, it's what it's like, it's kind of like the difference between like some people are good stand up comedians and other people are just like naturally funny. Now you've got to act like you're playing characters, you're doing True. role playing. That's that's a new animal. But it's, uh, you, you know what? I know we're kind of having fun with it. It's such a massive opportunity for him because if he, Huge. if he crushes that, the opportunities for him after his play, like look at Peyton Manning, look at all the deals that he's gotten mm -hmm. because he's killed it in these types of roles. If I was going to say, who, what NFL players have hosted in the past? Both the Manning brothers have. Look, it's a small list. It is. It is. Has That's Brady like, ever done it? I don't think so. Um, Gronk? Did Gronk? So like, to host before Gronk is, that feels big. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. J.J. Watt did it. Really? J.J. Uh, Watt, the Manning brothers, and Tom Brady. That's it. Oh, Tom has hosted. That is a... Oh, wait. That's uh, an exclusive list. Joe Montana and Walter Payton did it back in the 70s. Uh, Fran Tarkenton did it in 1977. O.J. Simpson, yikes. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Uh, Whoops. John, I think John Madden hosts in modern era of, <laughs> of the NFL. It's been very few. It's been very few. So it's a, it's a big opportunity for him. I hope we get a Patrick Mahomes guest appearance. They've got to work him into one skit. But you know who I think would be better than Patrick Mahomes? Andy Reid. <gasps> if they brought out Andy Reid for a sketch, oh my gosh, that'd be so good. I would... Oh my gosh. I would love that. That's my dream. <laughs> we know he can act. We've seen the state farm commercial. I know it's time to up the ante a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to get um, Travis Kelsey to a Kings game. 
because we do fight for your right to party every single game. It's like been our thing this year. And so I think he needs to come and do that. I think you're right. I think you need so to, I'm, I'm putting it out there. All right. Well, you know, you got to get Brett Veach on the show. If you get him to a Kings game, maybe get Travis Kelsey on the show. Just, you know, work the angles. <laughs> We're going to be working it for you all off season folks. So stay tuned, buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. That is Nick Schwer. I am Kayla Canaram. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to be with you on Wednesday and Friday this week, and then we'll get to like a Tuesday, Thursday schedule for the remainder of the offseason. So we will see you back here on Friday. Have a good one. We'll be right back.